Thanks, Joel. Man, I love worship this morning. Wouldn't it be great if they would just show up at your house every morning to start your day with a time of worship? That's fantastic. Hey, my name is Tim Dowdy, and I'm, I'm grateful to be here. I was here one time last year uh, during the week with a group of pastors. We had a Pray for Church Planters uh, luncheon over in the Student Center. Um, but it's an honor to be here. I'm so thankful for your pastor, Pastor Carlos, and his friendship and partnership in the ministry of the gospel. And I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to share a little bit from God's Word today. And if you've got your Bibles, I want you to go ahead and make your way to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. That's where we're going to be today. And while you're turning there, uh, Joel introduced my family. But I want to give you a picture of my family. I'm going to throw that up on the screen. This is, uh, this is our crew. Uh, my wife and I, Christy, she's on uh, the right. Um, pray for her. She's having some health issues. And we go to a, a surgeon tomorrow. But um, she's doing well I uh, understand well just couldn't be here today and then my son Micah his wife Kelly and then their two little boys uh, Wyatt is in the blue shirt he's seven Jack is five we call them the sons of thunder because when they come to Papa Mimi's house they bring the storm with them and when they leave it looks like they brought they left the storm with us but uh, and you can tell who the rounder is with Jack's uh, expression in that picture but um, that's my crew I'm so thankful for them and you know every day when we wake up and give praise to God isn't it good just to think about all the gifts that God's given to us and part of those are the friends and family that he's placed in our lives I mean such a blessing to us and I'll tell you this too another blessing is God's Word this book we call the Bible whenever you read this book you hear his voice um, my dad was an accountant um, but he was a godly man in 2010, he, he uh, got Parkinson's, was diagnosed with Parkinson's. 2018, he passed away. It was a godly influence in my life. Um, in 2020, we were moving. We were going to downsize from our house to a smaller house. And if you're in that stage of life, got some recommendation for you, don't do it. You just don't do it. It's too much work. It's a lot. Just leave all the mess for your kids to go through. That's just the best thing to do. But, uh, but I was going through my office and going through some, some boxes, and I found a card written from my dad. And when my dad um, sends you a card at birthday or Christmas or wherever, he would always want to write a note in it. And when he got Parkinson's, it looked like he was four years old trying to write because of the shaking. But he had been gone for two years, but when I opened up that card and read that note, I could hear his voice. And I just want you to know, every single time you open up this book we call the Bible and read, you hear God's voice. God speaks to us. The God who spoke this world into existence, who made us his own as his children, he is the God who speaks to us from his word. And today we're going to study from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 down to verse 21. And I'm excited to talk about this whole idea, this thought, and this, this truth that we are ambassadors uh, for Christ. So let me pray for us, and then we'll, we'll dive into the Word. Father, we love you. We thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the day. Thank you for the opportunity we have to worship you and to sing praises to your name, to live on mission for you. And I just pray that as we study your Word today, that we won't just go through the motions, but our hearts will be directed to you, our attention fully devoted to you, and that your Holy Spirit would show up, that you would work in our hearts. For those that need to know you, I pray you save them. For those that do know you, may you so stir in our hearts that every day from this day forward, we would start every day knowing that this is the day that we've been given by God to be an ambassador for Christ. And we'll give you praise for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Before I read the text, let me just...
tell you a little story to kind of set the stage for this. Um, ten, uh, only 13 years ago, my wife and I, it was 2010, went to California. To, we wanted to go to Yosemite. My wife's, one of her bucket list items was always to see the huge trees in California. Um, she had contracted cancer, and we had uh, been dealing with that. And I told her in the fall that when I was making a trip to California, if she felt well enough, she'd go with me and we'd make the trip. And so we did. Exciting trip. Just a beautiful place. If you've never been, it's, it's one of those trips you ought to make. It's, it's, worth, the, it's worth the effort. We got there, went in the Yosemite Valley, and it was really, really beautiful. It was kind of a picturesque country scene, uh, deer walking around, and very few people there. It was just beautiful. Then we went and saw the trees, spent another two or three days in the park, and before we left, decided to make another trip down into the valley and see it one more time before we left. This time when we went into the valley, it was very, very different. There were people everywhere. They were sitting on the floor in the valley. They were sitting on the floor and they had lounge chairs and blankets and lunches and spotting scopes. It looked like they were just staring into the sky. I wondered what in the world is going on. After driving down the road for a little bit, I decided to pull off and walk to one of the couples just to ask them, okay, what is everybody looking at? What is the attraction here? But when I was walking backwards to the couple looking up, I noticed what they were looking at. On the side of El Capitan, which is a rock face that soars 3,000 feet into the sky, there were two climbers. And everybody had gathered that day to watch those two climbers see if they could make it to the top. Fascinating, isn't it? Now I want you to fast forward with me about two weeks later. Everyone that had been in the valley that day, they were all at different places now back home. They're all talking about with their friends and family about the trip that they had made to Yosemite Valley. And it's interesting. They're showing pictures. They're telling stories. But the scene of what happened on that day is interesting. Because there were a thousand people in the park. But there were only two people on mission. So as they told the story to their friends, they told about their vacations. But there were two people that told about their mission. The sad thing is, I think a lot of times we think of the church like that. We think of the church as a group of people in the same place at the same time. But most of us are just on vacation. And there are a few of us that are on mission. Nothing could be further from the truth. We're not here to sit in rows just to listen to a message. We're here to be on mission for the God who saved us and made us his own. Not because we're good, but because he's good and full of grace. And so when you think about it, here's the, here's the truth I want you to get. We, all Christians, are all here in the same place. We're here for the same purpose, to tell the lost that they can and how they can be reconciled to God. In other words, we are all missionaries. We've probably heard this a thousand times in our life, but I want us to realize it. Every single one of us are missionaries. It's our purpose, our mission, our ministry. And we're here to proclaim the message of salvation to everyone, everywhere, and to the whole world hears now let me show you where that is in scripture second corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 the first verse is pretty famous the rest of it may slide into a little bit of obscurity for most believers but listen to what paul writes as he writes to the church at corinth he says therefore 
If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. Everything is from God, who is reconciled to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ since God is making his appeal through us. And we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And there's a lot in that passage, and I, I, would, I wish I had a couple of hours just to unpack everything, but let's just focus on one statement in verse 20. We are ambassadors for Christ. And really to understand the impact of that and the importance, there are two key words in this passage that rise to the surface. One is the word reconciliation. And reconciliation is when a sinner is made right with God. Now, listen, we're not pointing fingers. We're all sinners separated from God by our sin. And we're all in need of reconciliation. But reconciliation itself is when a sinner is made right with God. There's nothing more amazing than that. Let me just tell you a quick little story on a side note. A few months ago, I was talking to a guy in Canada. His name is Caesar Para. Caesar Para leads the evangelism efforts for Baptists in Canada. And he was talking to me about some of the things that was going on in his life. And he said, hey, by the way, I want you to pray for a young man named Nico that my daughter has met. And uh, I'm just praying for an opportunity to be able to share Christ with him. And so for the last three or four months, in my prayer journal, I write Nico's name every single day and been praying for him. Well, yesterday, uh, I was at the house doing some yard work, came back in, noticed there was a call from Caesar, And I picked up the phone. And he's like, hey, brother, sorry to call you on a Saturday. You're probably just relaxing. I was actually doing yard work, but just probably relaxing. So just chill. But I really want to just tell you this. Hey, Nico, why don't you tell him? And Nico... 20-something-year-old man in Canada says, hey, thanks for praying for me. Today, I came to know Jesus. Man, that is fantastic. When a sinner is reconciled to God, there is nothing like it. Now, when you think of the term ambassador that relates to reconciliation, it's one who's sent to represent another, and that's exactly what we're sent to do. We are sent to represent God in this message and ministry of reconciliation. So I want us to think about this whole idea of reconciliation and how it works and how, what our role is in it. And so the, the first thing I would say is this, reconciliation is God's work. So you, you may say, well, that's obvious. We don't save, God saves. And that's true, isn't it? We don't save anyone. But it's not so obvious that we need to overlook it. In fact, I want to read this passage again with some underlines at different places. We're going to read it several times, so hopefully this will be embedded in your heart. But I want you to look at the screen where the underlines are and the highlights so that you can see them. Listen to this. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. Everything is from God who has reconciled us to himself. Did you get that? Through Christ. And has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against him. And he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making his appeal through us. And skip down to verse 21. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us. Listen, 
Four times in the New Testament this term is used. Twice in this passage. Every single time, God is the reconciler. It is God who saves. And doesn't that excite you? To think the God of creation, the God who spoke this world into existence, that God has been working in this world, worked in your heart to bring you to saving faith in Christ. It's amazing, isn't it? Now, here's the implication. The implication is this. Because I think sometimes when we, we think about that and say, well, you know what, I don't save anybody, so it's really not on me, it's really on God. And it kind of takes the burden off of us. We don't feel the importance of going out and sharing our faith and being ambassador for Christ. That's not the point of this passage at all. The implication of this is this, that we need to realize the importance of the message that we are sent to proclaim. It's not our message. It's God's message. It's not our message. It's his message. Romans chapter 10 tells us this, how will they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And preaching just means proclaiming, telling, testifying. And everywhere we go, you and I are to be ambassadors for Christ, living out loud the gospel of grace. So that's the first thing. Reconciliation is God's work. The second thing is this. Reconciliation is the sinner's hope. I really could say it better by saying it like this. Reconciliation is the sinner's only hope. You know, we talk about the exclusivity of the gospel, that Jesus is the only way to heaven. You say, why is that? Listen, it's not, it's not a... A philosophical argument that's not the argument that we're trying to make here it's really simple the only way for sinners to be prepared for heaven is if their sins are forgiven the only way to have our sins forgiven is by God who sent his son Jesus who paid our debt for sin rose from the dead and lives forevermore and in him our sins are forgiven you with me it's the sinner's only hope again let's look at this passage and read it again with Another emphasis. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news? The Bible tells us blessed is the one whose sin is covered. That's good news. I mean, none of us want our sins proclaimed on the screens this morning. But we all know that we're all sinners. We've been made new in Christ. The old has passed away and see, the new has come. Everything is from God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ since God is making his appeal through us. We plead on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. Here's the most important verse in the whole passage. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He took our sin. We bear his righteousness. And we are saved, saved, saved. So let's just, let's just walk through this. We see the picture really clearly. Here's the problem. All people are sinners and separated from God. You know that? probably can get universal agreement on that we're all sinners and we're separate from God the bigger problem is the sinner can't reconcile himself to God in other words this this is the point the sinner does not have the ability the power or the capacity to not be a sinner 
We don't, we don't have that ability on our own. So here's the need. The sinner needs to be reconciled to God by God. Here's the solution. Forgiveness. Here's the provision. Jesus Christ. In fact, listen to this. Again, verse 21. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And the response to that is faith. Faith. Let me just read one verse. You know it. It's John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, it tells us that in him we have the forgiveness of sins. Man, what a gift. Here, here's the implication of that. Now, this is all just setting up where we want to go and want to think about today. The sinner's only hope is reconciliation. And you say, well, why, why are those two points so important? Why do they mean so much to us? It's because as believers, reconciliation, listen, reconciliation is our ministry. I, I don't want you to miss this. It's why you exist. It's why you're still here as a Christian. I mean, why, why in the world would God leave us here after we come to know Christ if everything's better with him, to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord, we know that's true. Right? Y'all with me? Now, so why would he leave us here? He leaves us here for the distinct purpose of being lights in the darkness, to testify of his goodness, to point people to Jesus, to beg people, to plead with people, be reconciled to God. That's your mission. It's not to... Get a job, make some money, retire, relax, enjoy life. It's to be on mission, it's to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Again, let's look at this verse. And let me just point out a few points along the way. Verse 18, everything is from God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19, he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Verse 20, we are ambassadors for Christ. God is making his appeal through us. Three undeniable realities of this text and the mission of God for his people are listed right here. He's given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That ministry is your ministry. It's my ministry. It's every Christian's ministry, the ministry of reconciliation to point people to Jesus. Second, he's committed to us the message of reconciliation. In other words, if, if you don't think given to us the ministry of reconciliation is strong enough, God has committed to us the ministry of reconciliation. And then third, he's making his appeal through us. So here's the implication. We as Christians are all ambassadors for Christ. Here's what I want you to get. Look at verse 17 in the text. Verse 17. He tells us in this text that um, we are made new. We are a new creation in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. Look at verse 20. Verse 20 tells us we are ambassadors for Christ. Here's what I want you to get. You can't separate verse 17 from verse 20. If you've been made new in Christ, you are now an ambassador for Christ. And I think that's powerful and great news for us. And you say, well, 
I don't know if that's really me. That's really not my personality. I'm not real outgoing. I'm not an evangelist. Listen, God may not have given you the gift of evangelism, but he's given you the charge of being an evangelist. And what's proclaiming the hope of the gospel wherever you go to all the people that you know so that they may know Jesus. Listen, here's the point. We are all qualified to be ambassadors for Christ. You say, who qualifies us? God does. If you've been reconciled to Christ, then you're qualified to be a reconciler, to share the hope of the gospel, to testify of his goodness and love, to be on mission for him. In fact, is this, we are all equipped with the power to be ambassadors. I love that. And you say, where does that power come from? It's through the presence of the Holy Spirit. You and I know this. We know this to be true in the Christian life. When you're made new in Christ, you've given a new life in Christ, what happens? The Holy Spirit of God comes to dwell in your life. Your heart is not a hotel, it's his home. When you come to know Jesus, he lives there, he resides there, he rules from there. Our desire every single day is to live under the control of the Holy Spirit and the power and fullness of the Holy Spirit so that God accomplishes what he wants to through us for the glory of his name. He's the one who gives us the power to do it. Listen, it's, it's not your personality. It's God's presence that gives you the power to do it. Let me just read you a couple of verses. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You've heard it before. And here's what he says. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. says, when the disciples, when they had prayed, the place where they were gathered was together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness listen the task the task of testifying to the goodness of God in this world is great and it's hard I know just talking about it today some of you are probably thinking that just I'm just out I'm out I'm out I'll pray for people to do it I'll pray for other people to do it I pray for my pastors to do it I pray other people are bold into it. I pray for outgoing people with charismatic personalities to share the gospel of Christ. But I'm out. You're not out. You're in. You're not the coach. God is. He's king. We serve him. And you're in. Now listen, I know it's intimidating because the winds of culture blowing against the gospel in all kinds of ways. Everywhere you turn. We feel the pressure. We start to share Christ. We, our heart rate goes up. We may break out in a sweat. Listen, we ought to get a little bit of nervousness and anxiety at the moment that we start to share the gospel with someone who we know that needs to know Jesus because these are eternal matters. Life and death are real. Heaven and hell are real. And God still saves. But how will they hear unless someone tells them you and I need to tell them now here's what I know I want you to listen to me listen to this is this is all through the scripture from Genesis to Revelation God will give you everything you need to be everything he wants he will the words that you need to speak, the things that you need to share, the stories that you need to tell, the, t the scriptures you need to use, God will give you everything you need to be everything he wants. 
So what I'm, I'm encouraging you is this. Don't give up. Don't live for anything other than what God has made you to do. He's left you here to be an ambassador. And God's going to put people in your life not so that they can know you, so that they can know Him. Remember, we don't save, but God does. Just like Nico in Canada. Sad truth is, most places, most Christians don't ever share their faith. Tell you another little story. My wife, maybe y'all are into this, I don't know. My wife loves antique stores. When I was growing up, they just called them junk stores. Now, they're antique stores. And so every once in a while on Saturday morning, I'll, um, you know, be in the living room. My wife will come out of the bathroom. She'll say, hey, why don't we go antique shopping today? You might as well stab me in the eye. Because it's like, that's not my thing. It doesn't sound like my thing for a Saturday. But I love my wife. So I go. And I love being with her. But I've also learned that in those antique stores, they're really not designed for men. I mean, they have cl the plates. and We have plenty of plates. We don't need any more plates. But we're going to go look at other people's plates that they gave away. And we're going to buy. It's crazy, isn't it? Junk that's 100 years old. No, we don't use a plow that you just pull behind a horse. Now we have a tractor. I, you know, you don't, it's just amazing. And so I've learned that when we go to the, one of these places, there's two things I've learned. One, they're deceptive. You pull up and they look small. But when you walk inside, it's like the wardrobe. You open the door and it just, there's a whole new world back there with a thousand rooms. It takes all day long. Second thing I've learned is they don't have a men's section. <laughs> but I always go and ask. So on this particular Saturday, we got up early and we headed um, to a nearby town. We went to this um, antique store that really was not deceptive at all. It looked big on the outside. I thought, oh, this is going to take all day long. We walked inside and said, okay, honey, you go, enjoy. I'm going to go ask for the men's section. I go to the counter. I said, hey, y'all have a men's section? She said, yeah, yeah. If you'll follow this yellow line to the third building in the northwest corner, there's some tools. I was like, great, looking forward to it. I start walking off, and I look over to my left, and there's a, there's a counter, which they often have these glass counters, and they're locked. And uh, usually there's old plates and dishes, and probably you know somebody important had them, drank out of them, ate out off of them at one time in their life, made them special. I look over... And I see a fishing lure, a hand-carved fishing lure. I thought, what in the world is a fishing lure doing behind locked glass? And then I looked, and there was another fishing lure. I looked, there was another fishing lure. And there was a whole bunch of fishing lures. I thought, I may have just had a heart attack, died, and gone to heaven, because I'm in an antique store, and they have men's stuff. They had old fishing poles, old, old reels. And I'm staring through the glass. lady comes out and she says, hey, would you like me to unlock that? I said, oh, I'd love it. I sit on the floor. I'm digging through all this stuff, old fishing stuff. Reminding me of my grandfather. My grandfather lived on a road called Poor Robin Road in Abbeville, Georgia. 
very, very small town on the way to the old Muggy River. He made his own lures. He built his own boat. He'd go fish, catch fish. He built him a, out of blocks a concrete pool in the front yard. He'd put the fish in it. And when fishermen went and didn't catch anything, he'd sell them his fish on the way home. So I'm just reminiscing thinking. The lady comes out after an hour. I'm still sitting there. My wife is still wandering through the maze of stuff. He said, she said, hey, uh, do you like to meet the lady that owns all this? And I was shocking, first off, that a lady owns all this. Now, but I said, yeah, absolutely. He said, well, she's outside right now unloading some more stuff. Man, I got up, went outside. Here's a lady in her 80s unloading her pickup truck. My kind of gal, you know. I walk up and talk to her for a few minutes and she shared with me her story. She said, these were actually my husband's, but he, he passed away, left them to me. I said, it's an amazing collection. Bamboo rods from the early 1900s. Antique reels, handmade lures. And she said, oh, you should see my garage. It's full of fishing stuff. The entire garage. All cataloged. We've collected everything that you can imagine. And I said, all right. So just tell me. How did your husband fall in love with fishing? And she said, oh, he didn't love fishing. He hated it thought that was the weirdest thing I'd ever heard he just liked the stuff I mean I, I walked away from that conversation confused I'm walking back into the store I'm thinking God this guy must be a strange guy how would you pick fishing stuff when you hate fishing it's like the Holy Spirit said to my heart sounds a lot like my church we don't like to fish we just like all the stuff. You with me? Listen, God's not made us to be collectors. God's made us to be fishers of men. That's our purpose. I mean, we are ambassadors of the good news. Here's the thing. God uses his people to reach people with the good news. And this is what I want you to get. He's not sending anyone else. Your family that don't know Christ, your friends that don't know Christ, people in your neighborhood that don't know Christ, there's nobody else coming. He's given to us the ministry of reconciliation. He's committed to us the ministry of reconciliation. He's making his appeal through us. I hope no one ever walks away from me and say, man, that's weird. That guy doesn't like to talk about Jesus. He just likes all this stuff. Listen, remember this again. I don't want you to witness out of guilt. I want you to witness out of gratitude. God saved you, made you his own, not because you're good because he's good and full of grace and remember he will give you everything you need to be everything he wants well, 
Let's be ambassadors for Christ. Let's tell the story and watch God work and lives be forever changed. Father, we love you. We thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the day. Thank you for the power and authority of your word. And thank you for your salvation. Lord, I, I just pray that even today, you would work in hearts and save souls. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Listen, right where you are, maybe you're searching your own heart and you say, you know what? I'm a sinner and I need to be reconciled to God. I need to know him as my savior. It's the most important response in the world to respond to the goodness of God's grace and place your faith and trust in him for your salvation. Is God tugging at your heart today? Has God been working in your own soul and say, listen, I don't have a testimony to tell. I don't have a story to tell because I don't know Christ yet, but I, I need to. I want to. And right where you are, you just place your faith in Christ. That's our response to God's goodness is to believe. And maybe just tell him about it, where you are. There's nothing magical about the words of the prayer, but maybe you need some help. Just pray something like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that you love me and have a plan for my life. But I also know that I'm a sinner and that my sin has separated me from you. I thank you that Jesus died and paid for my sins on the cross. He was buried and he rose again. He lives forevermore. Today I put my faith and trust in him for the forgiveness of my sins. For eternal life is a free gift and heaven is a home. I give my life to you. Thank you for loving me and thank you for saving me and making me your own. With every head bowed and every closed, if you just prayed a prayer like this, placed your faith and trust in Christ for your salvation, would you just raise your hand for a minute? I just want to pray for you. Anybody at all? Father, thank you for the message of the gospel. Thank you for the hope of salvation that we have in him. Uh, thank you for the believers that are in this room. Lord, give us the courage, give us the boldness, give us the strength to live out this gospel hope every day in the power and strength of the Holy Spirit so that you might be glorified in us and all the world may hear that Jesus saves. And we'll give you praise for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen.